I'm calling the December 8th. Recording in progress. I'm calling the December 8th, 2022 regular Board of Trustees meetings uh, to order. Linda, can you do the roll call? President Davila. Here. Vice President Rizzo. Here. Trustee Chisky. Present. Trustee Green. Here. Trustee Selby. Here. Trustee Williams. Not present. Trustee Wong. Here. Student Trustee Villalobos. Present. You do have a quorum. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to read the land acknowledgement statement now. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Okay, so now um, I'd like to get an approval of the closed session agenda. Uh, so moved. Oops, sorry. So moved. Seconded. Okay. So moved by Vice President Rizzo and seconded by Trustee Selby. Aye. President Davila? Yes. Vice President Rizzo? Yes. Trustee Chisty? Aye. Trustee Green? Yes. Trustee Wong? Yes. The motion passes. Oh, sorry. Trust oh, I got Trustee Selby. Trustee Selby? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the motion passes. Okay, great. Um, is there any public comment before we leave? Got to press that button. Harry Bernstein. Okay. Uh, Linda, I do not see Harry on right now. Okay, that concludes public comment for closed session. Okay, then we are going to closed session right now. And we'll recess and come back in about an hour.
Oh, great. So the captioner's back? Great. Okay, let's see, is everybody else? We got Alan, Morrell. We need all of you. And, um, what's that? Oh, okay, okay, we can't see him. Okay, so now we are ready to uh, reconvene to open session and we do have some reportable actions. In closed session, the board authorized a settlement in the amount of $130,000 to Kim Wise Gastonel in exchange for the employee's resignation and full release of all claims against the district. This matter was approved on a 6-0 vote with Trustee Williams absent. Okay, now we have um, public comment. Is that on? Yes, we do a okay. public comment for items not on the agenda. Great. Estefanos Zagomalas. Over there with the podium with the microphone. I think you have to press the button oh. down for the When button. does my clock start for two minutes? I get two minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. Is, is how many people are in the queue? 18, so it's two minutes. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, good evening, Board of Trustees. I'm a student here at City College. Um, my name is Stefano Zagamalas, and the reason I'm taking your time up tonight is that the purpose of my visit is because since 2019, I've been trying to get something corrected on my transcript. Um, a little bit about me. I'm a first generation. I'm the only one in my family born in this country. Um, I'm a disabled vet. I'm a DSPS student. And I've had a number of life challenges, including a very um, severe motorcycle accident in 2018 that I overcame and stayed in school, among other things and uh, recovered as much as possible. Um, I took a class, a CNIT 100 class, and I had to drop some of my classes and I kept that class and I went through the process of that one class being kept on my transcript and what ended up, sorry about that. And so what ended up happening is I spoke to the um, I spoke to the registrar's office and I went through the entire process. They were supposed to keep the class on. I have a signed form from the instructor giving me a B in the class. Um, a year later, my grade still wasn't updated and I had to put the paperwork in again and I kept on getting no response. Um, on August 16th of 2021, I put my paperwork in again and I have a form of all of these, and it's signed all the way up to Tom Vogel's office, the assistant vice chancellor, and I get no response as to why that wasn't submitted or changed. Um, I'm a graduate now of San Francisco State, hinging on that grade being transferred over. I'm not getting any reason as to why. Uh, I spoke to Grace about that in the chancellor's office and was told that it's been referred to the attorney and nobody will tell me who or why, and they're not helping me anymore. So um, 
now it's causing me a hardship and it's prevented me from being able to get employment and the benefit of uh, sorry it's, it's preventing me from the benefit of my degree and my education i think we got the idea here what is chirping yeah okay thank you okay next is fanny law Hello? Yes, go ahead. Okay. A few years ago, the Midnight Massacre canceled the classes my older son had registered for. He quit school. Class cuts impacted his education and our family life. Chancellor's decision to cut John Adams' ESL program has closed the doors to over 100 students who cannot commute to other campuses. The closure will impact the students' lives. Contrary to the chancellor's explanation in the last board meeting, the original ESL class schedules provided comprehensive programs at all campus locations. To hold him accountable as well, he said that he would work hard to connect the students with resources to get to other campuses. ESL students at John Adams have not received any assistance. We'd like to request a meeting with the chancellor, along with all the stakeholders who are impacted by this decision to have reciprocal dialogues. With that, through restorative practices, we may restore trust among stakeholders in shared governance and decision-making processes. Thank you. Thank you. Next is Denise Selleck. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Okay, great. Um, yes, my name is Denise Selleck and I've been an ESL instructor here since 1991. I'm asking the members of the board to direct Chancellor Martin and Interim Dean Bell to reinstate the eight ESL classes that they removed from John Adams for spring 2023. It is not too late to change course now. It will be too late come spring when we've lost many of the students who live on the Western side of the city and don't have the time or means to travel across town to the mission. The majority of our current in-person students live on the west side of San Francisco. There is nowhere else for our busy adult education students to go that is on the, the west side of town. The interim dean says he's consolidating ESL admission and then he will, then he will rebuild. Would Starbucks or any other successful company for that matter close down all their stores on the west side of town? and tell people to traipse miles away? Of course not. It is short-sighted and ill-advised. The administration and board love to throw around the words equity and inclusion. But where is the equity and inclusion for English language learners on the west side of the city? In the last 10 years, three sites have been closed down on the west side at a thriving program at a church in the Richmond, a night program at 
Jeannini Middle School in the Outer Sunset, and also at the Jewish Community Center on the border of the Richmond District. These classes were not closed down for lack of student need. According to the city of San Francisco, 18% of Richmond district residents and 27% of Sunset district residents are limited English proficient. Clearly there is a need for our classes. Please, please, please stop. Thank you. Next is Robin Pugh. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Great, thank you. Uh, Robin Pugh, business faculty. So as you probably know by now, there was a large student protest yesterday over the closure of the John Adams ESL program after more than 40 years, shutting down, quote, the last ESL program on San Francisco's West Side, end quote, as the examiner put it. Articles in the SF Standard, Mission Local, Univision, Telemundo, and Sing Tao all tell the stories of students who won't be able to take ESL anymore if John Adams' classes are moved to Mission. One dean commented that the reason for the move was resources. How does that make sense? Both campuses are open. Moving classes from one place to the other doesn't save money. I've also heard that it's because of low enrollment. This is inaccurate. Classes at John Adams are fully enrolled, despite what you may have been told. They are full. I have pictures. There is no student-centered reason for this move. It does not open up any more seats for students. Trustees, I urge you to call another meeting to revisit the closure of ESL at John Adams. We need a dialogue with admin. Dialogue goes both ways. We need a dialogue with admin, trustees, and students where we can ask questions, get answers, and find real solutions for our students. We must do this now. Thank you. Thank you. Next is Jennifer Heggie. Linda, I do not see Jennifer on now. Okay, Harry Bernstein. I do see Harry. <clears throat> yes, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> briefly, first, I want to comment that about the closure of uh, the program at John Adams. The change is so dramatic and impactful that a moratorium on this change is called for now. Keep it as it was uh, and let the newly constituted board weigh in on this. Uh, you're not listening to the Academic Senate or the voice of the people. But my main topic is something Denise Selleck mentioned, equity and inclusion. And uh, DEI programs are all over the place these days. But there's one uh, inequity that is not really discussed, and that is part-time faculty. Part-time faculty and the two-tier contract. Um, the part-time faculty... Uh, the, they, what they earn for the district is the same amount per unit that the full-time faculty get, um, but they get a portion of 86% of the rate. Yes, they don't necessarily do committee work, but uh, th that basis is not 
not valid. Therefore, I want to make sure you know about an event on Friday, December 9th, tomorrow, from 2 to 5 p.m., a free event uh, by the um, Faculty Association of California Community Colleges. It's called, It's Time for Systemic Change, Abolishing the Two-Tier System. Um, so faculty and part-time and full-time should work together. The uh, part-time faculty have been so uh, impacted that there are now fewer part-time faculty at City College than full-time. And, you know, they don't have the uh, guarantee, of course. Thank you. That concludes public comment for items not on the agenda. Thank you. Okay, so... Let's go to um, the meeting minutes. Is there a motion to approve the meeting minutes from November 10th, 2022? So moved. Okay. Second. So it looks like um, Trustee Selby moved, if I'm correct here. And That's correct. Vice President Rizzo seconded. Okay, all those in favor? I need we to need take a roll, a roll call. call. Okay. Yes. Student uh, Trustee Villa Lobos advisory vote. Aye. President Davila. Yes. Vice President Rizzo. Yes. Trustee Chisti. Aye. Trustee Green. Yes. Trustee Selby. Yes. Trustee Wong. Yes. The motion passes. Okay. Is there um, any public comment on that? Yes, Harry Bernstein. Um, okay, I just want to highlight one passage. Uh, this is in 17C at the end of the minutes. It's the trustee reports for uh, Vice President Rizzo. Um, he noted that in the last month, quote, one thing has become clear is that the college does have enough in-person classes. What he meant, of course, and what I'm sure he said, is that the college does not have enough in-person classes. Uh, otherwise, there would be no reason for him to bring a resolution today to increase the number or percentage of in-person classes. So I hope you will change those three letters. That, unless, that, uh, unless Mr. Rousseau opposes that. No, I, that's, a good that's a good catch. Thank you for that. I can amend them. So, uh, Thank you for listening to the comments. <laughs> okay, and do we have, um, we're ready for the reports. We have student chancellor's report. Oh. Sorry, student chancellor's report, Heather Brent. Yes, at, at this time, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, do both our reports combined. Is that okay, Chair? Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't we do that? I thought we did no, we did it. Yeah, we did a roll yeah, call. Then we amended it. Do we need another? I guess to be safe. Okay. Let's do it again. So this is a vote on the minutes as amended. Student Trustee Villalobos? Aye. 
President Davila? Yes. Pres Vice President Rizzo? Yes. Trustee Chisty? Yes. Trustee Green? Yes. Trustee Selby? Yes. Trustee Wong? Yes. Motion passes. Okay, we're just being double careful here. Um, okay, so now reports, and we're going to have uh, student trustee Malinali doing both the student chancellor's report and then his own. Uh, yes. Uh, before uh, the timer starts, can can uh, can we get access to the chat for uh, everybody in attendance, or so I could send a message to people in attendance? You should have access. Thank you, I see that. Saludos, good afternoon. Uh, my, my name is uh, Malina Olivia Lobos, and um, I, along with uh, Student Chancellor uh, Brent, uh, we just wanted to uh, share a few things. Uh, first of all, uh, to all the students, uh, we wanna wish you good luck with uh, the end of the semester. With finals uh, coming up and approaching uh, soon, your projects, essays, research papers, uh, and anything that has to do with uh, finishing strong, uh, we commend you and we see you and, and um, good luck with everything. I wanted to remind students that registration uh, for spring 2023 is uh, now open. Um, and if you haven't uh, registered for classes, uh, make sure you double check on your uh, registration date. Uh, to register and uh, we can help with the process as well and there's also registration office that could also assist with that that uh, uh searching of classes um and i uh, one of the, the the more important things uh, or along with the important things that we want to discuss is that uh, uh myself and uh, student chancellor brand uh, attended uh yesterday's uh stand up for san francisco immigrant uh immigrant rally at the mission campus held uh, from 11.30 to 12.30. We were fortunate enough to uh, interact with students from over 30 countries, which was uh, very impressive, uh, 30 countries. And the same narrative has been shared throughout uh, that time is that uh, cutting the ESL non-credit classes at the John Adams campus is a very detrimental uh, outcome to uh, these students that were present and to the students that have expressed their concerns and their opinions and their voices throughout this whole process uh, at the Board of Trustee meetings and in different spaces. Uh, so we would also like as student representatives to have uh, another meeting with the chancellor and the administrators and the decision makers on this ongoing uh, situation with the John Adams uh, ESL classes. Uh, thank you. Do we have another? Uh, oh. Yes. Oh, yeah, we do. Now your your report. Okay. So, um, let me see. Uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, Friday, December 9th, uh, it's the associate student council associate student executive council is having their last meeting of the semester at one one o'clock. Uh, that's to finalize uh, a business that uh, the Associate Student Council has been working on throughout the district. 
there's associate student councils at the different campuses that are also wrapping up their business um, this week and, and next week. So we commend you for having uh, done all the work that you have done at your campuses and your spaces to improve the, the lives of students. Um, thank you. Uh, we see you. And just uh, once again, just want to reemphasize uh, self-care, especially during these uh, difficult times uh, and leading up to finals, uh, making sure that you stay healthy, um, especially going into these finals. Uh, and just the best of luck. And uh, just want to make sure that the John Adams uh, ESL classes, uh, students and the community uh, continues to be heard. Um, and that could only be done if the outcome and the solution um, is what they're, the voices that they've been expressing. So uh, with that being said, uh, thank you uh, to the Board of Trustees and the community. Thank you. Okay. Next we have, um, the Chancellor's Report. Yes, good evening trustees and college community. I do have a couple of brief items uh, in my report this evening. I wanted to uh, let the college community know that we had a meeting yesterday with our counselors uh, to start the process of consolidating our counseling departments into one uh, general counsel, one general counseling department uh, starting in the spring semester. So we will uh, return in 2023 and update many of our uh, marketing and informational materials to indicate that we have one uh, counseling department and then use the spring semester uh, to work through the logistics of future scheduling, uh, ultimately for a full implementation uh, for the fall 2023 semester. I also wanted to touch base on the Diego Rivera mural. Uh, we've had uh, many campus conversations in respects to uh, Treasure Island's museum's interest in being the next uh, temporary location for the mural. Uh, so we will continue to engage our college community as well as get additional information from the Treasure Island Museum and pass that information along uh, well in advance of making any final decisions. Uh, furthermore, we've also started college conversations in respects to the Performing Arts and Education Center. Uh, we held a college-wide forum as well as uh, visited uh, several committee meetings in respects to uh, the updated estimates for a Performing Arts and Education Center. Uh, we have started uh, reviewing uh, bond reallocations and ultimately hope to make a recommendation here uh, in the coming weeks for a bond reallocation that would fund uh, a PAEC in its entirety uh, here in the coming years. And lastly, I just wanted to touch base on the 22, uh, 23, excuse me, the 23 and 24, the upcoming uh, state budget. After approximately 13 or 14 years of unprecedented uh, revenue growth, uh, we are expecting uh, the first budget in quite some time that is at a deficit at the state level, and we will share more information uh, once we know and how it'll impact City College. Thank you. Thank you, Chancellor. Um, and now we have Academic Senate President's report, Mitra Sapienza. Uh, President Davila, I do not see uh, Mitra on right now. Okay, maybe um, she's submitted her report already. Um, classified Senate President's Report, Maria Salazar-Colon. I do not see Maria either. Okay. So we'll move to uh, SEIU, Local 10 to 1 President's Report, Carl. 
Gamara? I do not see Carl either. Okay. Um, AFT Local 2121 President's Report. I do see Mary Bravewoman on. Okay, great. Good evening, trustees, colleagues, and community. AFT had fully intended to join other leaders in boycotting this meeting since our constituency reports repeatedly fall on deaf ears. And we all recognize that a full report cannot be made in 120 seconds. However, after attending yesterday's ESL rally at the Michigan campus, where we saw hundreds of individuals representing over 30 countries coming together in solidarity with one clear and resounding message, do not take away their opportunity to learn in the communities to which they belong. We felt it our duty to speak on their behalf tonight. Let me go on the record in stating that AFT 2121 calls on the Board of Trustees to reverse the decision to close ESL classes at the John Adams campus, thus preventing unnecessary harm to those refugee and immigrant students who depend on those classes as a lifeline as they restart their lives in our city. The most important word in our name is community. And it is a crime that we are denying certain members of our city the opportunity to receive the education they want and need in their lives closer to home. It is a shame that the elected leaders of this college were not there to witness the beautiful camaraderie of Ukrainians and Russians united in their effort to stop the closure of their classes, to see citizens of Turkey standing shoulder to shoulder with their Armenian classmates. As leaders of this community, we can and must do better reverse the decision to close the ESL classes at the John Adams campus and keep education accessible to all on the western side of the city. Thank you. Okay, now we have Administrators Association co-chairs report, Stephanie Chenard. Do you see? Thank you. I'm sorry, I have a cold um, today, so I'll try and be brief. Um, thank you, uh, trustees. Um, as uh, we are wrapping up the end of the semester, our administration is really looking at how we can serve our students best um, moving through the changes in the college and through um, you know, the changes in the season and approaching spring. Um, one of the things that the Administrators Association has done is we are working with the financial aid office to look at how to best fund certain scholarships for our students. Um, you know, instead of, uh, we would like to make sure that we are effective uh, in our support. And so we are trying to make, uh, to have those meetings. We've also had groups of administrators um, donating to the Spark, the Spark Point, which has recently opened. Um, uh, again, to serve most of our students that are most in need. Uh, we are also looking at what our priorities are for the spring. This, again, this is a part of a re regrouping process and what how we can prioritize um, moving ourselves forward as colleagues, moving our faculty forward and moving our students forward. We're looking at determining some professional development opportunities for administrator colleagues. And um, again, uh, doing a lot of, of uh, student-centered focus. Uh, we have also been looking at hiring a lot, or there have been a lot of hiring committees that we have been serving on. We have had um, several administrative vacancies, meaning that uh, many people are wearing sometimes um, two, three, and four hats. And so hopefully by spring, we will be, um, again, better um, on better footing to... to um, uh, Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, to, to move forward uh, through 
the, the end of our academic year. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, and now we have a Department Chair Council President's Report, Darlene Alioto. Uh, President Davila, I do not see Darlene on. Okay. And excuse me, President Davila, we do have public comment okay. on the, these good. reports. Uh, Robin View. Greetings. I just wanted to make it clear that the reason that you have so many of these constituency reports uh, where the reporter is not here tonight is because they are boycotting you um, because two minutes is not an adequate time to give such a report. Um, two minutes does not allow for any kind of dialogue, any kind of true conversation. And that is what is sadly lacking at this college. We hope that in the coming year, the administration and the trustees will see fit to actually participate in communication, which goes two directions, so that we can work together to solve the problems that this college has in providing for our students. Thank you. That concludes public comment for this item. Okay. And I want to remind everyone that the um, reports are submitted before, right? Or all the reports. That opportunity. If they submit them, then I do post them. Okay, great. Great. Okay, so now we're at action items. Oh, I'm sorry. I almost skipped Vice Chancellor John Alamine. Um, so we have the monthly budget update right now. Thank you, Trustee Davila. Um, as indicated at our previous board meeting, uh, given the time uh, of we're in the process of closing the books from November. Um, this is the roughly the first week or second week of December. We're still in the process of reconciling our financials from November. Um, there is no update from the last board meeting report. Um, we are trending according to what's been budgeted. Um, so as I reported at the last meeting, there isn't anything that we have to date that is of significant issue. Um, that we need to bring it to both the chancellor or the board's attention, but we will have a full complete report of our November and December receipts and expenditures provided at the January board meeting. Okay, thank you very much. Does anybody have any questions? All right, um, do we have public comment? Yes, we do have public comment. Um, Abigail Bornstein. Linda, I do not see Abigail on right now. Then that concludes public comment for this item. Okay. Then now we will get into the action items. So um, first is A185, resolution to cease and desist board participation and communications, Ray Publications. Chancellor? Uh, yes, President Davila, and this is a procedural step uh, that is in front of the board uh, this afternoon. Uh, there has been, uh, in reviewing uh, past documents, uh, a question respects to uh, having four or more board uh, of trustees uh, engaging in a conversation uh, related to the nature of the conversation and the applicable exemptions uh, identified in government code. Uh, we do not believe the Brown Act was violated. Uh, there are exemptions that allow a majority of the board to communicate uh, in matters uh, that are being uh, negotiated or developing a board position on matters that are being negotiated. And we believe that the situation in front of the board this evening uh, falls under that umbrella. 
uh, but ultimately in order to avoid any uh, potential litigation or any unnecessary time or expenses uh, into the future in defending uh, that exemption, I ask that the board uh, approve this cease and desist this evening uh, so we can move forward uh, into January. Thank you. Okay, is there a discussion on this? If there's no discussion, uh, is there a motion to approve? I will move. Okay, we have a the motion made by Vice President Rizzo. We have a second. 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 Okay, I seconded by Trustee Selby and Selby. Yes, I got that. And um, Trustee Wong, do you have a question? Yes, in the in the kind of email correspondence or. Um, Discussions around the op-ed. How many? How many out of the uh, board of trustees numerically did participate? Is it was it four out of seven or three three out of seven? I don't have that uh, information at this time, Trustee Wong. Are there any more questions? Okay, then we will go. Um, Trustee Wong, okay. We'll go to a roll call vote then. Okay. Student Trustee Villalobos, advisory vote. Abstain. President Davila? Yes. Vice President Rizzo? Yes. Trustee Chisti? Yes. Trustee Green? Yes. Trustee Selby? Yes. Trustee Wong? No. The motion passes. Okay. Then now we have a B186, acceptance of the institutional self-evaluation report, the ISER in support of an application for reaffirmation or accreditation. And it looks like we have our accreditation representative here. Yes, they. Thank you, President Dovlin. Yes, we do have our ALO, or our Accreditation Liaison Officer, and all things uh, accreditation here at City College. Associate Vice Chancellor uh, Kristen Charles, we're very excited uh, to present uh, what is uh, close to the final product of uh, months of hard work uh, by dedicated faculty, uh, staff, students, administrators, uh, ultimately over the last several semesters. Uh, committees uh, dedicated and formed for specific standards have been coming together, uh, working uh, in a volunteer status and putting hours upon hours in articulating uh, how this district meets accreditation standards as outlined by uh, the ACCJC. Uh, it is in front of the board uh, this evening for a second read and hopeful adoption. And then ultimately the next steps would be to submit it to uh, the Accreditation Commission and start preparing uh, for a spring uh, virtual visit, which will ultimately lead to a fall uh, on-site visit. And with that said, I just want to take uh, one more moment and reiterate uh, the phenomenal uh, group of individuals across all of our employee groups uh, who spent uh, their time in putting this document together. Uh, it is extremely well done, uh, it is meaningful, uh, and it is a wonderful uh, display of the great work that happens here at City College. And with that said, I'll pass it off to ABC Charles. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to echo uh, your gratitude, of course, to the more than 80 
individuals uh, who contributed to the ICER, and you've outlined it perfectly. Thank you. Um, and I want to acknowledge the hard work underlying the ICER itself, right, to demonstrate that we do meet the standards and uh, to, you know, it's, there's been some heavy lifting uh, going on. Uh, so, again, thank you to everyone and uh, turn it over to you for action. Well, I just want to thank you again. I know there's plenty of thanks going around, but I know how hard this has been. And if we could push this through to get it accredited by December 31st, I would love that. <laughs> but um, I know that we've done everything we can to push this forward and become accredited. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Does anybody have any questions? Okay, this is our second reading of this comprehensive report. So is there a motion to approve? So moved. Trustee, um, I'm sorry, Vice President Rizzo has approved. Do we have a second? Second. Okay, Trustee Selby, who's probably just down the hall right now. Um, we have a second. And now, Linda, can we do the roll call? Yes, advisory vote from student trustee Villalobos. Aye. President Davila? Yes. Vice President Russo? Yes. Trustee Chisti? Aye. Trustee Green? Yes. Trustee Selby? Yes. Trustee Collins? Yes. Okay. The motion passes. Thank you. And, and if I could just add one final thing, uh, President Davila, student trustee Villalobos, and Chancellor Martin, please stay tuned for an email from Judy Sito requesting your signature on the certification page. Very good. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Excuse me, President Davila, I overlooked the public comment on the uh, resolution to cease and desist. Okay. Uh, Harry Bernstein. Um, yes, Linda, I've, I wrote you a note saying that I withdrew my comment, but thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, so now we have, um, oh, 9C187 is being pulled. So we'll go straight to 10 consent items. And does anybody want to move the entire consent agenda or part of it? Or? Yes, I will move it. Okay. Second. Okay. <laughs> so we have a motion by Vice President Rizzo and seconded by Trustee Selby. Um, is there any items to be discussed before we vote on this? Okay, well then. Sorry, 11A. 11A. Okay. Oh, thank you, Trustee Chisty. Thank, thank you, President Davila. I just want to take a moment and um, recognize um, the retirements that we have on here. Um, so I just will go ahead and get started. Um, 
this this is just really important for us as the board and the college to recognize the many, many years of service um, provided by the folks on this list tonight. So um, thank you to Lorraine Dang from the chemistry division for almost 39 years of service. Um, Carol Fitzgerald from DSPS, um, almost 50, 48 years and 10 months of service. That's phenomenal. Paul Gibson, contract education, 20 years. Um, Jean Wang from World Languages and Cultures, 31 years and 11 months. And from our classified employees, we have Walter Lohorn. Um, from custodial for 21 years and 10 months of service. Thank you so much for dedicating many, many, many years um, of your life to this institution. We're very grateful. And I also want to take a moment to recognize some of the resignations that we have as well um, for folks that have contributed to the college. Uh, Brett Burning from the Strong Workforce Program for one year and three months. Juan Fernandez, Office of Student Equity, three years and six months. Iyun Jion, Strong Workforce Program, three years and six months. Ni Tran, Strong Workforce Program, one year and three months. So thank you. Thank you, Trustee. Thank you, Trustee Chisney. Wait. Thank you. Thank you, Trustee Chisney. <laughs> now you can hear me. Um, do we have public comment on this before we take a vote? Yes, we do. Okay. Um, first on item 10A, virtual meetings, uh, Harry Bernstein. Um, yes. Uh, so, so there have been uh, virtual meetings uh, since the, the pandemic began and um, I realize this is protection for, uh, you know, against the virus and catching, catching something. Um, but one of the other things that's going on at this very time is that uh, except for Batmail Hall, there's no heating anywhere on campus, I understand. Um, and a lot of the... Um, you know, this is tied in with more in-person services. How can we make sure that the uh, the rooms are fit for the public? You know, you you want to be careful about your meetings. How about the meetings that happen on campus every day in and outside of classrooms? So that is the the thing. You, know, you have a very small purview, but you must think of the well-being of all the students, faculty, classified staff, and I'm not sure that uh, your discussion of this uh, shows that you're aware of our health and well-being. Thank you. Okay, next for the November purchase order, Harry Bernstein. I, I think I'm going to pass on this one. Thank you. Then for item 194, the 3.5% base pay increase, Abigail Bornstein. Thank you. So I'm assuming that we have money for these wages increases, even though we were very clearly told in September there was no money for this. 
So it's interesting to see where this all of a sudden came from. So it appears we're, we're basing the increase on some comparative analysis. I remember the internal audit showed that classified were paid near the top in the state. Is that what we are bringing these wages up to classified tables that are near the top in the state? I certainly don't begrudge competitive wages. Anyone who is working at the school should receive competitive wages. We very, very clearly know that full-time faculty do not have competitive wages. What is the delay in addressing that? It, it can't be funds since we found money for these retroactive pay increases, including last um, board meeting with local 39 with a 5% increase. And now we're doing 3.5 to 7% increase retroactive to July. So there's funds somewhere, even though we were told there weren't. Um, why are we not addressing the full-time faculty wages when the internal audit showed that full-time faculty are the only employees who are not receiving competitive wages? These are unrepresented employees. It's really confusing to me to be represented but not receive competitive wages. And here we have unrepresented employees somehow managing without representation to get competitive wages. I'm just, I'm so confused by what the representation gets. And also the, we're doing comparative analysis yet. We're, I, I don't understand where the funds are coming from and um, and why we're comparing it to a table that's much higher when we have other groups that do not have competitive wages at all. Thank you. Okay. Next is for the COVID payout, Abigail Bornstein. So I would just like to say I've asked before that uh, we know that we've gotten additional COVID funds this year, I think $10 million. We still had funds from last year. And I've asked multiple times for us to account for those funds. Um, where did all of the money go from uh, COVID relief funds in all the different forms we received it? And what are we doing with the funds this year? I've asked that in the um, Board of Trustees Committee for budget, um, that we get an accounting of it and it sort of just gets ignored. So here we have another, all of a sudden, 11 employees dividing up over $600,000 of COVID funds. And um, so we're wondering you know, about the COVID funds and it would be nice to actually have an accounting of it because we're wondering how did these buildings, the ventilation, the mold, all of these things that were going on and and yet um, we don't know how the COVID funds were fully utilized. So it would be nice to know in September, all of a sudden in the budget last minute, we tossed another $10 million in there. So I'd like to have an accounting of it and I'd like to see that accounted for, especially at the Board of Trustees budget uh, committee meeting. Thank you. Next is Harry Bernstein. Yes, I, I know that the uh, Board of Trustees so far does not like to respond or react to what people say in comments. Um, would you please agendize exactly what Ms. Bornstein uh, suggested and have uh, direct the uh, 
financial officer to make a report and detail that information. It shouldn't have to be a guess. Um, yeah, so what I was just going to say was the, um, again, it seems that the um, college did make an agreement to uh, pay um, classified during the pandemic, uh, classified personnel who were not coming to campus, and then they paid extra for those who did come to campus. That is my understanding. Um, and at the same time, um, just let buildings um, get even more out of condition. So we're having to do catch up now and ask for more in-person classes when many of the uh, faculty are loath to do to return. Um, I'm back at campus for the first time in, uh, in more than two years, and it's gratifying to have face-to-face -face interaction with the students, but maybe it's not going to work for everybody. But um, that, that's what, what this uh, item brings up to me. Thank you. That concludes public comment for consent items. Okay. Okay. So um, now we can bring it to a vote. Student Trustee Villa Lopez, advisory vote. Aye. President Davila. Yes. Vice President Rizzo. Yes. Trustee Chisti. Aye. Trustee Green. Yes. Trustee Selby. Yes. Trustee Wong. Yes. Item passes. All right. Now we're in um, 15 policies, and we have A210, Selected Chapter 2 and 3 Board Policies for Expedited Review, Second Reading. Uh, yes, President Davila. As uh, part of our continued work uh, to prepare for next semester's accreditation visit, uh, we have been working diligently in updating and reviewing uh, outdated board policies. Uh, so the board policies in front of the full board this evening have gone through two reads at our PGC, as well as two reads at our student success and policy subcommittee. Uh, they come to the board uh, this evening with recommendations from uh, both of those groups. Uh, I do not believe there were uh, substantial or material uh, edits or modifications to the policy. Uh, they were simply uh, updating uh, the education code references, the Title V and government code references, as well as making sure the language uh, is gender neutral. Uh, so with that said, I'd be happy to answer any questions on 15A. Thank you. Okay, are there any questions? or a motion to approve? Yeah, I will move to approve. Okay, we have a motion by Vice President Rizzo. And second. Okay, we have a second by Trustee Wong. And I do have public comment on this item. And, they, and I also have some discussion in your, okay. Yeah. Well, let's hear the public comment first and then we'll discuss. Okay, Harry Bernstein. Uh. Okay, and I still can't tell if uh, your meeting location is open to everybody or just a few select people. Um, so <clears throat> I want to focus on Chapter 2 of BP 2.10, uh, 
um, the Citizens Bond Oversight Committee. Um, so so <clears throat> um, what I see in the changes in that one is mostly uh, anytime it said she or he, she uh, slash he, it was changed to they or there. Um, so really not much that's, um, that's significant, but you should have uh, updated that policy significantly. Um, the CBOC should be independent and it is not. Um, bylaws for the CBOC are optional, but if they exist, it should be at the discretion of the CBOC and it should not come before the have to go through approval of the board of trustees. Um, one major thing is the way it's done now is expenses are looked at after the audit, a year after the expense expenditures occur. They should be, according to um, KBOC, uh, expenses should be reviewed during the quarter in which they are made. And, and not uh, a year later. And uh, David Kaznocha has agreed with this, but the uh, CBOC doesn't seem to be interested in that. It would change the effectiveness of it very much. Uh, the CBOC should have its own website. They're hard to reach otherwise. And the, it says that the chancellor shall ensure that legal representation is provided to the CBOC at district expense. And that is in the policy. That concludes public comment for this item. Okay. And um, you wanted to make a comment on? Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment um, actually on that particular one. I also wanted to thank everybody who is in the Student Success and Policy Committee and Kristen Charles, who has been uh, working with us. Uh, there's a lot of policies that need to be updated. Um, this work continues. Um, it, this is we're not done by any stretch of the imagination. Um, referring directly to to um, the uh, obligation, the the the, the bond, um, and the committee for the bond, there is work afoot. And this is uh, a question that was asked during the student success and policy committee. There is work now um, to update the bylaws to give that committee much more power, and I, I do not disagree, having been on Citizens General Obligation Bond Oversight Committee, that this is this committee needs to have uh, more power than it has now, and um, had suggested and, and uh, that, that our committee, which uh, <clears throat> apparently the Citizens General Obligation Bond Committee for the city and county of San Francisco got started because of problems at City College, which is an interesting historical fact, um, but their uh, bylaws and the and the the amount of power that Sigobach has in at the city and county of San Francisco is significantly greater than it does here at City College. And so, essentially, what I'm trying to say is that we will be working on trying to make sure that our committee um, has that ability to oversee. You know what is a lot of money. We're talking almost a billion dollars of money. Um, actually, more than that, I guess, because there's more than one bond. So um, I don't think that's unimportant. And we have discussed this at the at the Student Success and Policy Committee. Thank you. Okay. Is there any other item? Are you suggesting anything? Okay. 
Um, are, is there any other item that anybody wants to discuss before we vote to approve? We had public comment, right? Yes. Okay. okay. So let's go ahead, Linda. A student Trustee Villalobos advisory vote. Aye. President Davila. Yes. Vice President Rizzo. Yes. Trustee Chisky. Aye. Trustee Green. Yes. Trustee Selby. Aye. Trustee Wong. Yes. Motion passes. Okay. Then now we're on to 15 policies B211, the updated board policy for degrees and certificates. This is also a second reading. And Chancellor, I'm gonna ask you, this is also in preparation for accreditation. Uh, that is correct. And it's also uh, in part to update uh, the numbering of our board policies and ensure that our policies in respects to degrees and certificates uh, reflect the most current language available in Title V. I'm happy to move that. Okay. So moved by Trustee Selby. Second. Seconded by Vice President Rizzo. Is there any other discussion before we call a vote? All right, let's call the vote. Student Trustee Villalobos advisory vote. Aye. President Davila. Yes. Vice President Rizzo. Yes. Trustee Chisky. Aye. Trustee Green. Yes. Trustee Selby? Yes. Trustee Wong? Yes. The motion passes. Great. Now we are on the last part of 15 policies, and we have C212, new board policy BP 6.33 nursing programs, and this is a second reading as well. Uh, yes, President Davila, this will be a new addition to our Chapter uh, 6 board policies, and it's specific to our nursing programs and potential exemptions uh, that uh, nursing students may apply for if uh, they have credit at uh, alternative institutions. So it defines that process uh, and procedure and uh, brings us into compliance or brings us aligned with the compliance outlined in Title V. Thank you. Okay. Is there a discussion on this? Okay. Don't so, we need to have a motion first and then discuss? I'm happy to move it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second. Did you get that? So we have a motion to approve by Trustee Selby and second by Vice President Rizzo. And this is just, again, we, we speak about this at the Student Success and Policy Committee. Um, we need more nursing teachers. <laughs> I had a student who, um, I mean, I had a, a neighbor who became a student. Um, 25 people were accepted, 500 people applied. That's a lot of FTES we're losing. And I cannot help but think, I've been thinking about this since the student success meeting, there are a lot of burnt out nurses out there. So I, I'm just, in, you know, in a public forum saying I think this would be a place where we may want to be able to, you know, reach out to nurses and see we need fresh blood. We need, sounds very medical, we need, you know, we need, we need diverse nurses. We need all of these things, and, and we have the ability to do that. And so I'm just urging, I guess, um, you know, um, City College to um, investigate if there's some possibility of adding to that program. Okay, 
Then um, does anybody else have any comments on this? Then we'll go straight to a vote. Student Trustee Villalobos, advisory vote. Aye. President Davila? Yes. Vice President Rizzo? Yes. Trustee Chisti? Aye. Trustee Green? Yes. Trustee Selby? Aye. Trustee Wong? Yes. Passes. Okay, great. Now we have a board request for future reports, presentations, and resolutions under 16. And we have a presentation on the board meeting structure and also some comments on that. Uh, thank you, President Davila. And if I may uh, address the board this evening in respects to the two attachments, uh, we do have the draft uh, 2023 uh, board calendar. We'll continue to take feedback and input uh, on that calendar, and it will be brought back uh, at some point in early January for final adoption and approval uh, for the 2023 board uh, calendar of meetings. Uh, I would like to take a moment in respects to the board structure and policy. Uh, this is a presentation uh, that was derived at a request uh, from Trustee Chisty at the previous board meeting. And if I may ask uh, Trustee Chisty's permission to defer uh, this presentation to a January uh, date in respects to a future uh, board retreat where it may be more appropriate to talk about the ongoing uh, board structure in the retreat format. So with that said, uh, I will pause for Trustee Chisty's uh, approval on that. Thank you, Chancellor Martin. And yes, I agree. I think that this discussion um, in evaluating our current structure and exploring whether other um, structures specifically pertaining to the committees could be explored would be best probably in January and also extended into um, a discussion at our January retreat. So thank you. Okay, that sounds good. And um, also I think Vice President Rizzo, did you want to mention the facilities meeting? I was gonna do that in my, my report. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this is the- Okay, well, oh. all right. I'll, uh, um, for talking about it. We are gonna have a facilities committee meeting uh, this month and there's, there's also gonna be a second board meeting this month. There's a number of facilities related issues um, that need to be uh, dealt with and I'll talk more about that at my report. Okay, and we do have public comment? Yes. Okay. On um, that last item on the board structure, Harry Bernstein. Yes, I'm uh, looking at BP 1.10, public participation. Um, it says, outlines process for public to subcommittee written communications, uh, place items on agendas and speak to matters. Could someone please translate what outlines process for public to subcommittee written communications means? Uh, <clears throat> I will say that um, maybe this is going to have to be something for the next board uh, to deal with. But uh, as long as we still have these Zoom meetings, why do you have the chat disabled? Why does a person who's speaking only see a clock 
why don't people see each other? Why is there no possibility to communicate? Um, and why don't you folks ever listen to what the people who are making comments say? Uh, you know that there are many, there are at least five or six uh, mentions in the code about how you can respond, react, refer items uh, to uh, to an authority, uh, to act on, to ask questions to the person making a comment about what they mean for clarification. You don't have to be silent and look and pout and look at it. Why are you taking up our time? And also only two minutes for the um, stakeholders. That is ridiculous. You have plenty of time. You waste plenty of time um, here and there during the meetings. So let if these people are valuable, they're valuable employees um, of the college, and they want to share information with you and the public, why not let them speak? I know you say they have a written report, but it's insulting. Don't insult the people working for you, including part-time faculty. Thank you. Perfectly timed. All right. So um, now we're going to have a trustee reports, and we can start with Trustee Rizzo. Yes, thank you. Um, Oops. So uh, there, there are a number of facilities uh, issues going on. Uh, the, the first one is that on the 15th, uh, we are having a groundbreaking ceremony for um, the STEAM building. Uh, which is a very uh, great thing to celebrate. So, so please come out for that. Uh, that this is uh, two years in the making, um, and uh, we have we have gotten the approval from the state, and we'll on the fifteenth of this month we'll be uh, breaking ground for the first of several new buildings um, uh, here uh, at City College. Um, the uh, yep. another thing is that. Uh, um, Chancellor Martin and I had several meetings with uh, the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art at their request, and, and Chancellor Martin uh, alluded to this earlier, but MoMA asked to meet with us about the future of the Diego Rivera mural because we actually have no, at, at this point we had no, no, there was no decision made as to what would happen to the mural after um, uh, MoMA uh, was had to you know had to get rid of the mural um, because they have some some other art installation going in that space, and MoMA um, actually came up with the idea of keeping it at Treasure Island, and we met with with uh, MoMA the the director there the new director there and their staff about there was about oh eight people there I think, and then we had another meeting a Zoom meeting with uh, various people from the city and from Treasure Island um, about this, this concept. And the reason MoMA um, thinks this is a good idea, um, uh, for, for one, they believe that um, for this, the best thing for the safety of, of this priceless piece of art uh, is for it to be kept on display, on public display and not in storage, that they said it is actually safer in, in public display. Um, and that is one reason that they uh, were seeking, um, you know, another another place to put it. 
The, the, the second thing is that um, they think that it, it needs to be in a place where it can stay until our Performing Arts Center building is ready because having multiple moves would, would increase the risks of it. Um, uh, so that is another reason. Um, the, 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 there are some benefits to us. Uh, of course, we wouldn't have to pay a large monthly fee uh, for storage um, and so forth. And so um, the, 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 this has not been finalized. The, the Chancellor has brought this to shared governance, um, this concept. Uh, details are being worked out. The Treasure Island people and the city uh, are still um, you know, looking at uh, whether this is feasible or not. But MoMA thinks it is. And, um, and they're, they're, uh, they think this is the best solution for it. And, and frankly, they are the experts uh, on, on the technical issues of this mural. They are the ones who built the frame that it is now hanging on. Um, so uh, the, this, this, is, this is to be uh, continued, but it is an exciting idea. For, for one, it's, it's, uh, it's, the mural was created on Treasure Island, so to have it back there is kind of a historic, uh, has a historic component to it. Um, MoMA thinks that there is a uh, possibility for um, um, to have multiple funding sources, you know, uh, to uh, to deal with the transit and whatnot of the of the mural uh, to Treasure Island and to here, um, because there's multiple agencies involved, and you know the Art Commission is involved, and um, uh, and so forth. So they think that's another. Uh, 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 um, benefit. So I, I think this is an exciting idea. It's still, it's still uh, in in uh, being looked at. It's not you know not no decision has been made. But uh, the chancellor did present it to shared governance, and I'm uh, presenting it to to you all trustees. Um, and the other thing is that the uh, we 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 have gotten our uh, our new cost estimate for the. Uh, um, uh, uh, performing Arts Center, and um, we're going to be discussing that at the next uh, uh, board meeting um, this later this month. Um, and uh, as you know, uh, inflation has been a uh, problem in the United States, and particularly construction inflation. It was ran at 20% um, last year. I think it's a little bit lower this year, but the year before that, it was also high. So. It, it kind of threw, threw out the cost estimates, which are now five years old, uh, for, for the PAC and for the, um, um, the science building and for Cloud Hall. Uh, though those cost estimates really are no longer valid. So a new cost estimate was made for the, uh, the PAC and um, uh, Performing Arts Center. And, uh, you know, that is going to be discussed at the... Uh, facilities committee. It's it's already being discussed at the sh through shared governance, I believe. Yeah, it's 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 been going through shared governance, and our facilities committee will see it, and the board will see it later this month. So, um, I just wanted to report on that. And this is again, this is a result of the huge construction inflation due to the huge 40-year high regular inflation that that we've had in the past few years. Um, and I think that is it for my report, and I hope to see everyone at the, uh, at the 15th for the exciting groundbreaking of our, our STEAM building. Thank you, Trustee Rizzo. That was um, actually, I 
had heard an inkling of this, but I didn't realize. And I think it is a great idea for the mural to go back to where it was born yeah. for a brief period of time. This solves a lot of different problems. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now we have, um, did, oh yeah, Malanali, did you have a comment? Uh, yeah, it, it's not pertaining to the report, uh, so I could wait after yours. Go ahead. So, Trustee Selby, do you have a report? Uh, well, this wasn't on the report. I was actually going to um, report on having gone to MoMA and um, having spoken with Will Minus um, about this very subject. And um, I would, uh, I think he's got some valid points. I, I, I think that he um, he's concerned about taking something over water. Mm -hmm. um, because it can't tilt, apparently. The, the mural, if it tilts, it's a real problem. I just, I just came from a ferry, and let me tell you, it was smooth as silk. So, I, you know, and it was, it was an hour-long ferry ride. But, um, but I also thought his most interesting comment had to do with um, uh, the number of people who've seen it at MoMA. And there's nothing we can do about it because that space in MoMA is actually required to turn over. It can't, according to, again, to Mr. Minas, you can't actually keep something there um, because it's a free space and it's got, it's got certain uh, criteria that you have to meet. Contractual. Yeah. Contractual criteria. But, um, but I think his point is valid. We have the largest contiguous Diego Rivera mural, I believe, in the world. I think that's what, what William said. Mm -hmm. uh, contiguous, important to say, because there are, you know, uh, in Detroit, it's larger. It's just, uh, it's not. It's a triptych. Yeah, it's a triptych. There you go. So um, I would urge, again, City College to really think about maximizing audience. And, of course, I come from a, you know, marketing background. But his point is valid. I mean, he is, he says more people have seen this mural in the past you know, couple of years at MoMA than ever saw it. And he was the docent. He opened up the Diego Rivera uh, uh, Theater for me and my brothers when they were in town from Texas to go and see the mural. And he, you know, six years ago or something, and he gave us the tour and all that kind of stuff. So he is the one most likely who does know best. Um, and, and he's very concerned about, and, and, and I think also, I don't want to, I want to turn that concern into us being very sort of bold about how are we going to keep that audience? You know, I mean, I can see with Treasure Island in particular, I could see lots of field trips. I could see tons and, and that that should be built into the whole thing that you have students coming, not, not, you know, because Treasure Island, we need to sort of embrace Treasure Island anyhow as a city and county of San Francisco. And, you know, we're going to have these ferries that are supposed to cost a, a, a dollar to get over there. And um, wouldn't it be cool if we could be part of sort of the revitalization of Treasure Island with that being probably the focus. I mean, there's nothing as big as that on Treasure Island um, as a cultural, artistic, historical, you know, reference point. So that that's what I wanted to say is not so much, I, I, I understand that that Mr. Minas, um, Dr. Minas probably uh, has a lot of um, you know, experience and understanding and obviously love for that mural that no one else has. But I think his main point was, how do we keep 
people seeing it. This is a treasure that shouldn't be buried in. I think he was thinking even the PAEC um, was sort of burying it in a way because it's not. So I think that's what I'm, I'm challenging City College with is how are we going to make sure that this thing which is probably worth more than the PAEC even with the even with the you know additional funding and, and always and will just gain in value it will not lose it will just gain in value unlike buildings how are we going to make sure that it uh, you know that it it helps city college grow it helps treasure island grow it helps us um, you know become more more vital so. okay thank you um we're still on trustee reports. So did you want to say something? Um, well, I wanted to see if uh, after the trustee reports, you could circle back to the other reports that, because um, I see uh, the Academic Senate President Sapienza on, and I don't know if she was called or- She was called. Okay, right, is, it a way, is there a way we could circle back after? Let me ask Sean. Sean? Can we do that? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So we are now um, going back to the reports because we have Academic Senate President Mitra Sapienza present in Zoom. Is that correct? Okay. I am here. Can you all hear me? Yes. So this is what you call about being fashionably late. And it was my my way to scheme to get on the trustee reports. I'm so sorry for missing my my slide. Um, so my report this month month is of gratitude and hope. Thank you to Lorraine Dang, Carol Fitzgerald, Paul Gibson, and Jean Wang for your many years of service to the college. We wish you well in retirement. Congratulations to former English faculty Aaron Denny and former business faculty Mia Rusali for their appointments to administrative positions this, this evening. Thank you to Vice Chancellor Jesse Lee for his favorite lecture series, spotlighting faculty across the college and the uplift that that has brought to us. Thank you to Chancellor Martin for his dedication to hearing every single one of us out and still waking up each day and coming back for more. <laughs> Thank you to the outgoing trustees for your service and to the incoming trustees for your eagerness and to all of the trustees returning next year for your dedication to seeing what excellence we have in our student body, classified staff, administrators, and faculty. And to all listening in, thank you for digging deep and seeing how we are accomplishing a lot together and how, how much more we, there is left to do. When I think of CCSF, I often think of the words of poet Amanda Gorman in her poem, The Hill We Climb, that we here at CCSF are not broken. We're just not done yet. I hope that we can, as she writes, not just see what stands between us, but what stands before us. And that even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad I didn't miss that. Okay, so now we are back to trustee reports and we are on trustee Chisty. I do not have a report. Okay, great, thank you. Um, trustee Green. 
I do not have a report. Okay, Trustee Selby. So I just want to uh, make a understanding. Is this is this our last board meeting? <laughs> no. Just this is the out. last regular board meeting of December. Okay, because I would I would like to to speak, but not until the last board meeting. So I'm more than happy to wait until then. And my only comment would be. Uh, again, and, and I don't want to tear up as I did it at student success and, and uh, policy, but I just want to thank everybody for uh, kind of what, what, uh, what uh, President Sapienza was saying. There's uh, a lot of good work that's done at this college, a lot of good work that's done at this college. So um, looking forward to seeing it continue to grow, I hope. Thanks. Thank you, Trustee Selby. Um, Trustee Williams is ill tonight. Uh, we have Trustee Wong. No report. Okay. So that leaves, um, we're almost done, and that leaves me, and I will say thank you again to um, Mitra Sapienza for those inspiring words, and we want to see City College succeed, and we have set everything up for accreditation, so I do hope that happens. Thank you. Well, we have three hours to fill now. So, uh, <laughs> well, well, no, we do not. <laughs> if, I, if I may, uh, before we uh, adjourn this meeting, President Davila, I would ask uh, that the board adjourn this meeting in honor of uh, Philip Jardim. Uh, Philip uh, was a uh, professor here in our biology department for over two and a half decades. And for those who still speak about him today, I uh, speak very highly of not only his character, but his commitment to City College. So I'd ask that the board adjourn this evening in honor of biology department faculty member, uh, Philip Jardin. Thank you. Okay, then we will adjourn in honor of Professor Philip Jardin and um, we're adjourned. Thank you.